Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, Husker fans? Welcome back to the Believe in Nebraska football podcast. Um, I'm your host, Sam Casacho, and the wait is nearly over. College football is back. The Huskers and the Illini will kick off tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Central on Fox, nationally televised, and as the only real game of note in week zero, all eyes will be on the Huskers and the Fighting Illini. Now for most Husker fans, this game is important because it is a rematch against Illinois after the Illini served the Huskers their worst loss of the season last year and what was probably the Huskers' worst performance. But there is another wrinkle of significance to this game. This game marks the return of Brett Belema to the Big Ten in his first game as head coach of the Fighting Illini. Well, 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 if it isn't Brett Belema, back in the flesh, back in the Big Ten, did you think I had forgotten about the last time we met? Very unique, but it is kind of surreal coming in here today uh, to be back in Indy. The last game I coached in this league was against Nebraska in the Big Ten Championship game, uh, and then to come full circle and open up against Scott and uh, Memorial Stadium, it's, it's really just an awesome experience. So you do remember. I've been waiting nine long years to say this to you, Brett. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Okay, so I know that seems a tad dramatic, but let me provide the context of that Big 12 championship for me personally. It was December 1st, 2012 on a cold night in New York City. I took the subway from Brooklyn to watch the big game at the Nebraska bar in Manhattan. The 10-2 Huskers were facing off against the 7-5 Wisconsin Badgers. The only reason the game was possible was because the Big Ten was divided into the Leaders and Legends division instead of East and West, and the Badgers won the Leaders division by default because Penn State and Ohio State were not allowed to participate in postseason play due to NCAA violations. The Huskers had actually beaten the Badgers during the regular season that year, the lone win the Huskers have against Wisconsin since joining the conference to this day. This, by all accounts, was supposed to be an easy win for the Huskers, as they were favored by 12 points. So, feeling like the win was a lock, I stopped by a cigar shop on the way to the bar so that my brother and I could FaceTime and smoke cigars to celebrate the Huskers winning their first conference championship since 1999. That didn't happen. What did happen was Monty Ball, Melvin Gordon, and James White taking turns completely dismantling the Husker defense for four quarters. 
The Huskers got completely smacked. The score was 42 to 10 by halftime, and I actually dozed off in the bar during the third quarter and woke to the final score of 70 to 31. It was that night that I vowed never to smoke that cigar until the Huskers won a Big Ten championship and justice was served. So I placed a cigar inside a glass case that holds a Nebraska football signed by the entire 95 team. And there it has remained, wilting away, for the last nine years. And every time I glance at it, I am reminded of the stinging pain of seeing Belima hoist the Big Ten championship trophy as the confetti fell. I haven't forgotten, Belima. And I want this win bad. Not just because Illinois smoked the Huskers last year, but because you stole our glory. Now, let's take a look at how the Huskers could accomplish this from a football perspective. So this one is pretty tough to call or predict because both coaches have kept their depth charts pretty tight to their vest. They haven't released them. They haven't really let the media into practices during camp. So all you can really do, certainly from an Illinois standpoint or looking at Illinois, is look at their personnel that they had last year, what they were able to do against the Huskers last year, or at least what those personnel were able to do, and then look at what Belima and the Illinois coaching staff has done schematically in the past. But before we get into that, I think it's also important to note that Illinois returns some of the most super seniors in the conference. So, and that's on both sides of the ball. Their offensive line is kind of reloading. They have Roderick Perry at will projected to be nose guard in the three, four system that they're projected to use under the new defensive coordinator, Jake Hansen at inside blind backer as he's a captain of the team. So they've at least confirmed that he's starting next to Roderick Perry at defensive end in the three, four system. We don't really know, but it may be a couple of younger defensive ends. So that could help out given that the Huskers have, you know, Turner Corcoran, you know, good start against Rutgers, but other than that, inexperienced. Outside of that, uh, I think that the, you know, it's hard to look at even last year's game because I think in a lot of ways for the Huskers, the game was kind of one to forget. It was a kind of an outlier. The defense really struggled. They had two rushers go for over 100 yards, Chase Brown and uh, Mike Epstein, both of whom are back. And it just seemed like they kind of ran all over us all day. And that was uncharacteristic for the Husker defense last year. Husker defense is back. Um, I think that's and I think that's going to be the story of the game is whether the, I mean, certainly if you can't stop the run, you're going to be in a world of hurt the whole game. And I, I don't think even even with Martinez instead of Luke McCaffrey and, and Luke McCaffrey was pretty miserable last year. I think that even with the upgrade at quarterback, like we don't want to be in a shootout here. Um, I think given uh, Belima's track record and the kind of teams that he's ran at Wisconsin and Arkansas, I know in his press conference he said he doesn't you know, necessarily want people to expect that, but I do think they're going to try to, I mean, they're going to try to run the ball. They had success doing that last year. I think they're going to go right back to that. So ultimately, I think this game comes down to really two position groups. And the two position groups are running backs and quarterbacks. The running backs are important because obviously the Huskers struggled with it last year. So that's going to be an emphasis for the Husker defense, not just stopping the run, but really containing it. It felt like they had a lot of huge runs off tackle to the outside and they were better at stopping the run against a lot of other teams. I mean, they looked better against Ohio state with um, Iowa, honestly teams that were better at running the ball than Illinois was last year. I'm not really sure what happened there. But that's got to be an emphasis for that defense is to contain that and force uh, Brandon Peters to, th to throw the ball. Now, 
that's where I think the game is going to ultimately come down to. For the Huskers, I think running back is important because like we said uh, last episode, that it's a really unproven room. And we're going to need to be able to run the ball to throw off of the run. If we're not going to be able to do that, it's going to put Martinez in a tough situation to start the year with, like we said last episode, an experienced receiver group. And this is the first game that they're kind of playing live, you know, on national television. There'll be a lot of pressure. You don't want to be in a position where Martinez is going to be having to make a lot of difficult throws um, to start the game. We want to set the tone. I think both teams are going to try to set the tone running the ball. For the Huskers, it's a bit of a question mark because we don't have a lot of returning production. Um, for the Lion Eye, they're going to be running a new offensive scheme, running the ball. And I think the Husker defense is a lot better at stopping the run than they showed against the Lion Eye last year. Now, another outlier was Brandon Peters' performance in the Nebraska game in terms of his completion percentage and quarterback rating. In the Nebraska game, he had a 72% completion percentage, which was by far his highest of the season. His next highest was 55% against Iowa, and he had about a 48.8% completion percentage on the year. So obviously that was, I'm not really, the defense as a whole completely laid down um, for the Huskers in that Illinois game last year. So Brandon Peters learning a new offense, playing in the first game. Like I'm, I think the Huskers have to be hoping that they contain the run and try to make him make difficult throws, which hopefully this year he won't be able to make. Martinez, by contrast, we didn't talk a ton about Martinez during last episode because he's such a mainstay in the offense. And I don't think that there was that much to to talk about. I will say that he did have a 71% completions percentage last year. And we can't look at what he did against Illinois really because he only came in in the fourth quarter where the game was out of sight. And Luke started the majority of the game which is a big reason why I think we lost the game and is an advantage for the Huskers going into Saturday. Another big factor leading into this game outside of personnel is the fact that the scheme is new for Illinois. Now that could work to Illinois' favor in that the Huskers haven't really seen any of their plays or schemes on tape, but it could also work against Illinois and in the Huskers' favor in the sense that it's going to be on national television, first time that they're executing this scheme, um, in a live game, and that for the first couple quarters, things might not be, you know, all ironed out. And I think if that does happen, it's an opportunity for the Huskers to really jump on Illinois and kind of get a lead, kind of like we saw when Frost first game against Colorado, that because they didn't have the tune-up against Akron, they had to kind of execute the new scheme from a pro style to a spread from Riley to Frost against a competitive opponent and Colorado got a couple shots in early and took an early lead. And then ultimately that ended up being too much for the Huskers to overcome despite the Huskers leading at halftime. So I think that will also play a big factor. If the Huskers can get up early because the Illini may potentially sputter a little bit trying to execute a new scheme um, in a high pressure game, I think that could be a huge moment for the Huskers to really jump on. For the Huskers, I think the biggest challenge is just going to be the running game, establishing the running game so that Martinez doesn't have to make great throws. I think if Martinez does have to make great throws, I think he's in a better position than Brandon Peters. I think he's a better quarterback than Brandon Peters. But it's just, the as we've talked about, the you know inexperience of the room and the exper- inexperience of the wide receivers, I think those guys being able to gel and click together you know, right off the bat is going to be kind of their um, their challenge going into this game. So outside that, it's really hard to know. I mean, like like 
I said from the beginning, it's kind of a guessing game. Um, I was kind of surprised to see that the Huskers were favored by seven points, a whole touchdown, given the turnover that they've had in terms of production um, from last year to this year. Uh, but, you know, what is the spread now? The Huskers were projected to win by 12 the last time they faced Brett Belima. I'm projecting a much closer game. I projected the Huskers will win 30 to 27. We're coming for you this time, Belima. And hell's coming with me, you hear? Hell's coming with me! That's our show. Tune in next week to see what actually happens between Nebraska and Illinois in the recap on Believe in Nebraska Football on the Believe Podcast Network. And as always, go Big Red. I was raised in Nebraska, but one time I journeyed south. And the things those Okies said down there made me wipe out a couple of miles. They like their Sooner football, and they don't like the Huskers enough. But I surprised them all when I sang this song. I made them take off and run. You can boast about your victory. Tell me all about your team But when we meet on the football field Your bridges won't be clean You can brag about the Sooners And sing your old fight song But don't come across our borderline Cause you knuckleheads don't belong to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.